Welcome back to the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and I'm joined as always with my co-host Darian Smith. And guys, it is game week again as our UAB Blazers take on the Charlotte 49ers this Saturday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. This game will be televised on stadium. We certainly hope that you can make it out to Protective Stadium to watch it in person. But if not, you can catch it on stadium and you can also catch it locally on WABM 68. But Darian, I... Watched a lot of film on Charlotte, <laughs> and um, they're, they're, they're one and five coming into the game, 0 and two in Conference USA, and they've got a really good quarterback, a couple really good wide receivers, <laughs> but other than that, man, I just don't know if they have a whole lot to offer. And hey, you know, you go back to 20, you know, Coach Vincent mentioned in his press conference Monday that you go back to the 2017 game where UAB went to Charlotte and Charlotte hadn't won a game all year or been two years and UAB dropped that game. So we are certainly going to have have to take this team serious. But on paper, I think we can say they don't have a lot to offer this year, at least at least at least right now through six games. Yeah, you know, John, our listeners know what we are here for. We see the we see the box score numbers, but we are here to provide valuable context. Like that's what we really want to translate over to you guys. And and we sit and we watch film and we go through um, all of the stories and we listen to opponents podcast just to get more info so we can properly translate the context that that's, you know, within the numbers. Um <laughs> I know one thing that you can look at in the box score is, do you know the least amount of points this team has given up to opponents this year? Mm. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's 41. <laughs> it's 41 points. Like, we are <sighs> a couple of games into the season, and that's not – that's not a coincidence. Like, so if you, and one thing I've been saying now about our defense is we know who we are. We know what our defense is going to bring. We've done it night in, night out against every single team we face. Win, lose, draw. Our defense has performed well, and David Reeves has put together like a flawless game plan on defense. Um, so it, it that knife cuts both ways. <laughs> so does. if you look at their team, so in contrast to us, man, their defense, <laughs> when you first cut on the film, John, one thing I said was, God, Lee, this team is not physical at all. No, not at all. And we thrive off of physicality, and I think sometimes that, you know, we would be a little over-aggressive and we would get penalties. Um, this team is very much finesse. Very much finesse on both sides of the ball. I think, John, like one thing that they lack is size on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Not, it, even even when you look on TV, you be like, yeah, this team ain't really big. They're not big at all, and they they get they got pushed around by UTEP. Yeah. And um, UTEP is not a high scoring team. UTEP is kind of boring on offense. If you look at their offense, it's kind of it's kind of like um us before the middle Tennessee game without without Debo and without our offensive line. You know, that's what UTEP is. They kind of just try to run the ball down your throat and they're just going to stick with it no matter what. Um, they, but they don't have the talent that we have. No. 
and they pushed around that Charlotte front line pretty easily. And and then you know on the offensive line they're not big neither. Um, so I mean that's the first thing that screamed out at me. What about you? Yeah, I mean it's look, look looking overall at the Charlotte team. You know as I mentioned earlier, one and five, zero oh and two in conference USA. They only have one win this year. And that was on the road at a decent Georgia State team out of the Sun Belt. But, I mean, <laughs> like you mentioned, I mean, they the least amount of points this team has given up on defense is 41 points. I mean, you look, they have lost all five games. Well, they have lost four out of their five games. They've lost by double digits. And the only one was the this past you know game against Utah where, uh, two weeks ago where they lost 41 to 35. Um, but but Darren, honestly, this is a desperate team. You know, Charlotte is a very desperate team coming into Birmingham this Saturday. And I mean, they're pretty much going to have to win out to even have a shot at, you know, going bowling this year. And um, you look at Will Healy. He, he is a guy that has been mentioned for some power five jobs, you know, these last couple of years. And I mean, this team just looks awful. Like I, I just on both uh, on, now on offense. They do have a very veteran quarterback, Chris Reynolds, who I swear has been there 10 years now. Um, <laughs> on, on offense, they, they're good. I mean, at least they appear to be in stretches. You know, when Chris Reynolds, when healthy, um, is really a really good quarterback. And when I say when healthy, he's actually missed a couple of games this year. He, he missed the William & Mary game and Maryland game. Uh, and they, yeah, yes, that is William & Mary FCS opponent. And William & Mary defeated Charlotte at Charlotte earlier in the year. So, I mean, this, this Charlotte program is a mess. Um, you, know, you know, this is one of the programs that is coming along with us to the Americans. So I certainly hope they can get it together. Um, well, not this week, but after next, after this week, um, because it's just, you know, and, and you talk about like recruiting Darren earlier, like Charlotte is a good city and I just don't see why they haven't been recruiting as well. I mean, I know you've got a lot of G5 teams in that area, you know, where it's, App State, James Madison. There's a couple really good. Uh, Coastal Carolina is around that area, um, the, the Carolinas. Um, but I, I don't know, man. It's just weird to me that this team is so bad this year. Like I was not, if I was not anticipating them starting the year one and five. Um, well, and go. kind of paying attention to some of their people, you know, some of the podcasts and writers on their side, they have been dealing with a lot of injuries. Now, I don't know how specific those injuries are. I know they have a lot kind of in that defensive backfield. But, man, like, it, they're not physical. Like, I don't – like you said, I don't know if it, it was like a recruiting uh, error on where to focus. Maybe they tried to hit the portal. You know, some people get caught up in the glitz and the glamour of the portal. And um, maybe they tried to hit the portal. I heard some of the, the uh, their guys talking about that, that that, that they kind of skipped out on the, the high school guys, the development side. One thing, one thing about UAB is we always get a good mixture. And once we get things going, we get needs filled. We, we start getting those high school guys, and we always redshirt them, and they're developing. So by the time you see a Kobe Dempsey or Trey Badowski when they play, they're ready. Mm -hmm. They've been in the program for two, three years. You know, they're like rich or sophomores. They, then they, they are like muscle-bound by the time they hit the field, and there's no lacking. And, you know, there's no lacking what we in depth, and we develop well. I don't know if Charlotte has created that culture, you know, 
um, that's important to have that culture of development, especially in the G5. We have to find those diamonds in the rough and we have to polish them off. Uh, I don't know if they've done it now. Reynolds, like you stated already, he's a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's a great quarterback, but you know why he stay injured? The offensive line. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not good. They are not good at all. <laughs> the offensive line is not really impressive. Like they're they're undersized, but most of the times, if you have an undersized offensive line, that's cool. I was an undersized offensive lineman. I was a dog. I was quick. Uh, they're they don't seem to have that dog per se. It's kind of like you just kind of see it in the play. Mm-hmm. They 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 don't have it, and he take he take a lot of shots, you know. And um, it's crazy because they have they and they have a big three of receivers. Like they have some some great weapons, and they, especially Grant Dubose out yes. there. Great speed, great size. You know, I want I kind of wonder if you put a competent offensive line and an above average running back room in there, would they be kind of comparable to uh, UTSA's uh, weapons that they have? Because these guys are good, but and the quarterback is great. Like I think they can they can't compare to them, but they can't really show that off. You don't have adequate time. And honestly, I don't know about the scheme. I saw, I don't under, I didn't understand all the hype about Will Healy. Maybe I'm not informed enough, but some of the play calls I saw, I was kind of like, why are you running that? You know, mm-hmm. um, in certain situations. But um, you know, like I said, I want to stick to. I think this game just to kind of veer off from them. This is going to be, and I know UAB fans probably won't like it, but one thing I love about Nick Saban, he's he's established a culture of it's about what we do, no matter who we play. Mm-hmm. It could be an FCS team, it could be Texas A and M. That that is what Nick Saban does, you know. And it's you can they 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 work that into the, the into the psyche of the whole team, everybody, coaches, everybody. This is one of those games. Uh yes, we should we should beat them. Like we should kind of kill them to be honest. We should kill them. Especially oh, yeah. stylistically, we're the most physical team in conference and they're the least physical team to be honest. To be honest. I mean, yeah, I I, def- I definitely agree with you. I mean, we should. I mean, there there's a reason why this line in Vegas opened up. UAB's a 21 point favorite. I think it's up to 24 and a half at the time of recording. Um, but but you're exactly right, Darren. Like in college football, it is very important to establish a culture, and you know, Brian Vincent is trying to establish that or continue to establish that culture. You know, from where Bill Clark left off. But you know, this is one of those type of team or one of those one of these type of games that UAB should, on paper, just absolutely destroy this team. Like Charlotte, on paper, on film, they are not. You know, overall very impressive at all and especially that defense is just that yes. their defense is one of the worst I, I it's not going to be worse than Alabama A&M's defense but it's going to be pretty close because this defense is giving up 41 plus points a game they are ranked 130th out of 131 FBS teams worst in defending the run yeah see it's one of the worst <laughs> rush defenses in the country and wow. hey you look at defending the pass, buddy. They're not much better. They're ranked 120th 
one twentieth out of one hundred thirty one teams. So, wow. Stat wise, film wise, this defense is awful. So you know they're giving up over five hundred thirty seven yards per game. Um, they're not, as you mentioned earlier, they're not very a good physical team. And on defense, they're not good at tackling. Like their one play against UTEP really stood out to me in film study, where there was just a normal kind of four or five yard run from the running back for UTEP, but it turned into a 30 to 35 yard run because nobody tackled him. Like they were just literally dragging him 30 yards. A couple of the Charlotte players were trying to strip the ball, but really (laughs) he was dragging those guys. And, And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, if the UTEP running backs able to do this, just wait till they see Debo in school because they should, on paper, have a field day against this defense. But, like, let's, but let's think about it. I think it's kind of like what Middle Tennessee did. If you know, and Will Hilly knows, he knows his team. If you know that you're going to get bludgeoned during the run, what are you going to do? You're going to say, hey, we're going to take our chances. You guys are not going to be able to repeat that middle, t- middle Tennessee performance through the air. I'm going to stack the box. I'll put nine. I'll put ten in the box, you know. Um, but you guys are going to have to throw the ball. So that I, I think if I was if I was them, that's what I would do. I'm blitzing. I'm sending guys. What do you have to lose, you know? So, but to be, on, to be honest, man, I mean, we can just go Rhino and just ground and pound the whole game. <laughs> this is one of those games that, you know, we've preached balance on the offense, which UAB and Bryant Vincent showed uh, this past Saturday against Middle Tennessee. But honestly, bro, like this Saturday, like you could just be <laughs> almost one-dimensional and just but, but, rush it down their throat the whole I game. Exactly what you mean by that. And that's like tempting. That's kind of like we're, we're kind of guaranteed to win. But – what I saw against Middle Tennessee was that balance that we've been longing for. Right. That, that balance. So I think one thing that we're trying to do is we're – what I noticed was um, a program that was in the midst of adding to culture. So mm-hmm. with, at UAB, what we're known for is being physical, being aggressive, sometimes over-aggressive. Like the first person I think of is like Gary Marino. You know, it's like this physical, aggressive, in-your-face team, and we're going to bring it, and we're tough, and we're going to play you all the way through the fourth quarter. But, and it's mostly just, you know, running the ball, pounding it down your throat with a good defense. And we kind of work off of that. One thing I think we're trying to build in is like, no, we're a team that's going to, we can air it out on you, you know. If you're not careful, we're balanced. We can't run it, but we can we can throw it too. We can put up 400 yards passing on you, or we can. So I think what we're trying to do is build not only and then not only the physical aspect, it's the IQ aspect. It's like no, we smart. We play we play good football. Yeah. Kind of how App State is. Uh, you know, they play good, clean football for the most part. You know, and that translates into wins, especially in the tight ones. You need that. And um, I think we're witnessing a program that's trying to that's trying to develop consistency. So that's why I think this game is more important for what we do. Like there's nothing Charlotte can do against what we have. Honestly, schematically, Mm -hmm. there's nothing really they can do except play their hearts out. And, you know, sometimes the ball, you don't you don't know which way to bounce. Mm -hmm. But um, they're going to come out and they're going to play hard. That's a team desperate. 
they already know they looking at the line and saying, oh, everybody think they feel disrespected. Chris Reynolds is a very good quarterback. Those weapons are very, they're very good. You never know what can happen out there on the edge. All those offensive linemen have to do is just hold up just enough. He can make something happen. So they're going to play desperate. It's, I think it's all about can we can we be the team that we saw against Middle Tennessee? Middle Tennessee? That, that, I believe that's us. But that team that's not committing penalties, that's playing smart, that's not worried about trash talking and fighting, you know, that we, we just play good, clean football within the whistles and we win and we focus and we execute and we focus on the details. If we're that team, that's what I'm really looking to see. Are we going to stack that up and show that we have grown into that and we we start embedding that into the fabric of our culture? Can we do that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, man. I mean, I, and one thing, too, that I was going to bring up that, you know, one of those weapons that we've already hit on a little bit, Grant DuBose, uh, for the wide receiver uh, that helps Chris Reynolds look look as good as he has been. Um, he's from Montgomery, Alabama, you know, so he <laughs> he is from Montgomery. Yes. So I'm sure he'll have a tangent, you know, of, of family, friends. They're at the game this Saturday, and also another guy, uh, the, the running back Shadrick Bird um, from Alabaster. I think he played at Thompson High School. I mean, he'll he, he'll have some uh, family and friends in the state. And so there is something to play for for Charlotte. And, and like I mentioned off the top, this is a desperate team that is going to have to win out to get to a bowl game. And they're going to come in. I'm sure they're going to try to swing their best punch early on against UAB. So it is, in my opinion, critical that UAB can jump. I, I don't know if we can get off to as good of a start as we did against Middle Tennessee. Yeah, but if we, <laughs> right. But if we can, you know, just put this team away as quick as possible. And, and also like, I, I don't, I should have, this is a not so great podcasting, but I should have looked back at the rice game last year and seen what that point spread was. If I recall correctly, I think it was about around where, it, where this Charlotte game is. I think it was around 21 point and, we saw what happened last year against Rice. So UAB will have to come in focused and just put this Charlotte 49er team away as soon as possible to just take away any hope that they have of winning this ballgame Saturday. That's like like what we should. Like I said, that's why this the rest of this season is important for us as a program, as a culture. Like what are we who are what is UAB football? Are we are we that team? Are we the Rice? Are we that team that we can't, you know, win the big ones or we can't put our, our foot on the throat that's going to commit the penalties, like you said, about the spread last year against Rice. Well, guess what? We didn't execute a lot, and we had a lot of critical penalties in that game last year. We did not play smart, just like we did this year, you know. But then all of a sudden, we come back to Middle Tennessee, and we showed the potential that what we can be. And I think that, like, we all, uh, we already alluded to, like, Brian Vincent and his play calling. I think part of that improvement was him, too. Mm-hmm. He committed to something different and say, hey, we're going to throw it. We're going to get it to our playmakers. And Shrop all of a sudden looked like he was unbeatable. Conference mm-hmm. USA Player of the Week. Conference USA Player of the Week. Just like that. We, he wasn't really doing much in those games earlier. And then all of a sudden, here we are, you know. And that you can tell it was a concerted effort to get him the ball. And not, it didn't. It wasn't force feeding. It was, hey, okay, we got the look. We finna go to our guy, you know. And um, if if this is who we are going forward, I think this is so important. 
like I can't stress how important this is because if you you know you already know like you know how hard it is to start working out like (laughs) (laughs) but once you start working out and you get into a rhythm it all of a sudden it becomes part of who you are just second nature yeah just second nature you don't feel right if you don't work out so if we can continue to just be this team that executes we care about the details all of a sudden then we you know we're not committing these dumb penalties and stuff like that all of a sudden we're that physical team and we've added this layer into our culture i think that this program can go far because we i mean we got another uh, uh recruit we got another commit this weekend uh, uh wake forest bounce back defensive end you know you know how coach Kyle tatum like him on the end you know yes. six five, 250 you know physical and and we already have those good defensive linemen. We already have good high, uh, high school commits already. We've uh, talked about earlier. Man, we have something. We have something going. Something special with our program. I think it's about. I think what fans has been, you know, what we've been frustrated about is like we kind of seem to be stuck in neutral. We've been in the same spot for a while, right? Like, right. And we we're trying to figure out how to get to that next level. Well, I really think this season already has shown us how to how to get there, and it and it lies within the team and the coaches. And um, I really want BV to be able to stay. I want BV to prove everybody. Me too. You know, it, we always talk about how good of a guy he is and how much the, those kids love him. Well, love isn't gonna love isn't gonna keep you your job. You know performing is performance is so that's why i'm really really rooting for him to like really perform and he's already got those kids bought in buying is not the question it's now it's about taking this next step and i really want him to be the guy um because we have so he's been here so long you know he's one of us now Mm -hmm. and I, i want him to be the guy to lead us into the aac and really take this program to the next step so I think these games will show what who we are and what are we building into. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, Darian. Like he, you know, you could tell Brian Vincent bleeds green and gold, and how much this program means to him. You know, obviously he's been for here for so long. Um, you know, back in 2014, and then since 2018 to now. I mean, I I 100% agree that I, you know, want BV to be that guy. You know, going forward, and hey. If we look like how we did last Saturday against Middle Tennessee going forward, <laughs> I mean, that was one of the best offensive performances I've seen, you know, since the return for UAB. Oh, We've had, you know, and just the balance of the, the pass and run, like 100% agree with you that, I, you know, I want BV to, you know, lead us into the future. And, hey, he's got, you know, he's got some tough games ahead. Um, this game shouldn't be tough. Um, but after this game, we've got two games on the road, Western Kentucky and FAU. Those are not going to be easy. But, hey, we'll we'll have to see going forward. Um, but do, do you want to give predictions now for the Charlotte game? Oh, yeah. So you already know we, we over four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, first of all, I did want to mention that it was cool that school wore, um, wore the jersey of uh, BV's niece. I did not know that until post game. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. But that, right. that that is awesome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So for the um, for the listeners that didn't know, school wore the jersey of BV's niece. It said, I believe it said Joy, like Anna, yes. on the back of his jersey. And um, did, was did she pass away? I believe. 
I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's I, to me that just shows the connection, right? It's just it's something special about that, and I I know that meant a lot to him and his family. So I, I really wanted to uh, mention that. And I just I, I love I love stories like that, and I just want to be able to see that grow. Like he's one of us, man. And I know mm-hmm. we complain and we get frustrated, but it's like you. I mean, we used to do that with our brothers and sisters growing up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, family is family, and I. Ah oh, man, I really, I really want him to win out. I want him to beat everybody on the schedule. I want him to beat LSU. And I just want him to be the best coach, you know, uh, in in G five or in P five also. So, but yeah, prediction wise, yeah. So let's start. You know, we have a floor of forty one. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would say UAB forty eight. You know. Charlotte 17. Dude, no way. Okay, I've got it 49 17, you <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. I just had I just have in my notes, number one, be smart. Number two, establish run game early. And number three, uh, make sure that we wrap up on defense. Because as we mentioned, you know, DuBose, a couple talented wide receivers for Charlotte that are good in open space and they do make some guys miss. So I think, you know, that third point is gonna be critical on defense. And but hey, we we know. Coach Reeves, that defense, they've been really good about, you know, tackling in space. So I, I, I trust that they can. But th- those are my three points. Just be smart, get that how run game going early, it? and wrap up. How would you play it on defense? You know, they got those weapons. Um, do you Would you attack the offensive line, or would you do the special thing we've been doing with this three-down lineman? And on, honestly, I'm, I'm being aggressive. I'm man press and blitzing. I mm. mean, just put it on them. And, I mean, the way Reynolds, like – you can tell sometimes he gets so shook because he knows he's got to get rid of that ball so quick. And when he sees Forte, Fish, or Tyler Taylor, Wilder coming at him, I mean, I, don't, I hope it's a long day for him. <laughs> yeah, that, that's interesting. I probably – because we've used this three-down lineman thing, and it – I think – why? Well, see, I think we're going to need to do that next week against WKU. Yeah. So that's why I'm more kind of like be aggressive this week and put a little pressure on them. I think I think we used it. Uh, I think we used it differently against middle this uh, this past week because we used it some on first, second, whatever. But it depended on. I I realized like we used it just no matter what against Georgia Southern. Yeah, good point. In situations against middle, and then when we got them to you know fourth and. I mean, third and nine or fourth and eleven. I mean, third and eleven or something like that. We were sending, we were sending them like it was like cross both linebackers, cross blitz Tyler Taylor, Noah Wilder. You know, pressure. You know, and it ended up in sacks a lot. So, I think we're kind of gonna we're gonna do something like that again. It's gonna be like situational blitzes, and I think I think on first and second down, depending on the distance, we're gonna kind of play it conservative and safe, and kind of try to make them go the length and limit those big plays. But once we got you in our crosshairs, you know, we, we coming after you because there's no way we send blitz on and it's third and 13. Yeah. They're going to be able to, I mean, I'm sorry. I've seen this. (laughs) I'm an offensive line guy. I will be upset if we sit there and let this team block us, man. Yeah. Honestly, especially if we send them. And so what I think that does against those weapons is we don't have to hold up so long. You know, and um, yeah, we are we're good in the back end. So you you tell our back end just to hold up for three seconds, 
and you know just sit on the route. We're gonna, we're going to be good, so we're going to see. Um, but I think we I think we win. We win big. But this is a culture builder. I want people to know this is a culture builder game. I don't want us coming up and messing around and playing around. You know, I want us doing yeah, what's, what what's do. the saying? What's the saying, Darren? You know, what, what what do some people say? Like playing down to your competition. Like we we don't we don't want that this Saturday. No, no, because I think that plays into we really were that team that rice face. That's right. really I think that's what that says. But if we're really worried about building this culture and this in this program and building this team, we need to focus on our habits. If we can build our habits, we're gonna be a force. Um, but I think the players got a taste of that. I think I think the coaches got a taste of that. And I don't think nobody wants we don't want to go back as a as a fan base. Mm-hmm. And so you know the players don't want to go back. You you realize the potential of what you can be. Just be that. You know, that's the team that beat BYU. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, I don't want us to have to transform into them all the time. You know, we need to be like the Hulk. You know, the Hulk is like always. (laughs) That's what we need. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Well, guys, um, we actually had the pleasure of being joined by Hunter Bailey, who uh, covers the Charlotte 49ers uh, for the Charlotte Observer. And he also hosts his uh, own podcast that's covering Charlotte uh, called the Highway 49 Podcast. So uh, definitely give that a listen, but make sure that you give him a follow on Twitter at Hunter underscore Bailey 45. And without further ado, we'll go ahead and roll our interview that we had with Hunter. Everybody to the Blazer Victory podcast, where we are pleased to be joined by Hunter Bailey, who covers the Charlotte 49ers program uh, and writes for the Charlotte Observer and also hosts a podcast called the Highway 49 podcast. Uh, But Hunter, Thank you so much for just taking some time out this Monday evening just to talk some Charlotte 49er football with us. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you guys reaching out and having me on the show. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, guys, if you are not already following Hunter on Twitter, definitely give him a follow at Hunter underscore Bailey 45. He's a great follow uh, for all things Charlotte. But let's let's just go ahead and get into it, Hunter. Um, it, You know, obviously, Charlotte's coming into Birmingham this Saturday, one in five. 0-2 in Conference USA play. I mean, in general, just what has gone wrong for Charlotte this year? Because I, I myself didn't anticipate a 1-5 and start for this 49ers program under Will Healy for the 2022 season. Yeah, man, that's kind of – that's been the, the message around the program is disappointment. I actually talked with Mike Hill, the athletic director, earlier in this week. He said they're evaluating all options – uh, in terms of turning this around, uh, keeping their fan base happy, stuff like that. And yeah, being a being a 23 and a half point underdog against the conference foe is, is not it's not where you expected this team to be this year. And kind of what went wrong, I would say, I mean, first play of the second quarter and week zero against FAU, you see Chris Reynolds go down. And I don't think I don't think that maybe doesn't change their entirety of their record, but I think they definitely uh, beat William and Mary had Reynolds been in the lineup. Um, outside of that, I would just say troublesome defense, man. It's you can't you can't expect your offense to score 40 plus a game, and you're seeing. I mean, they have to do that. They're giving up over 45 points per contest. They've given up 40 in nine straight games, 56 points in three oh. of those. It's a uh, 
Mm. It's tough. And it's, I think the pressure, pressure kind of started to mount in the back half of last year of the offense, knowing like, all right, we really have to score almost every time out. And I think that's just been more of a continuation there this year. And you're, you're seeing it, seeing the frustration in the fan base. You're seeing a lot of angst between the staff and the fans. I mean, they were, there were a lot of boos in that UTEP game, especially when UTEP was up 41 to 21 and you're, like I say, it's, it's a tough times for Charlotte right now. (laughs) Yeah. You said over 40 in nine straight games. Did I hear that correctly? Yes, sir. Wow. Uh, how how does that happen? Is that is that injuries or is that schematic or what is that recruiting? Where where does that how I don't even know how that happens. Yeah, I would say I would say this year. Uh, well, let me let me back up. Uh, last year it was uh, a lot of the fans were looking at it like, okay, this is it can't get any worse than this. It's going to improve, and. Uh, has actually gotten about 15 to 20% worse in terms of yardage and points mm-hmm. going into this year. Uh, I would say this year is mainly the lack of, of talent in the secondary and then a lot of injuries as well. They've lost one of their better safeties, Marcus Robitaille, for the season. They lost Tank Robinson for a couple games. And they lost their best cover corner, Trey Kramer, uh, with an ACL. So it's just been... A lot of ups and downs for the 49ers uh, in terms of who's going to play. And I think this bye week, coming off this bye week, could be a big help for them getting some some folks back. But there still are a lot of missing pieces on that defense. So I, I guess, Hunter, is Will Haley on the hot seat? And if so, I mean, if you do think he is, I mean, it's just weird to me because, I mean, just not even last year or two years ago, I mean, this was a guy that, was being mentioned for a lot of P5 openings. Like, and he was, he was great at Austin P like, I, I, I mean, first, would you say that he's on the hot seat currently? I don't know if I would call, I would call it the hot seat. I don't really anticipate Charlotte making like a knee jerk reaction and moving on from him. And you kind of, I mean, that's basically kind of what you said a year ago at this time, literally a year ago today, Charlotte was four and two, had just beaten Duke, first Power 5 win, off to the best start in program history. But, I mean, you combine the back half of last year when they went lost five of their last six, and now you're looking at this year, they've lost five of six. That's a, that's a long year. And, I mean, 2019, the first bowl game, first winning season, that feels like a long time ago now. And it's yeah. – and you're – you're knowing, okay, Chris Reynolds, this is his last year with the program. And they, they saw some flashes with Xavier Williams of being the future. And I think that he really could kind of step into that role moving to the American. But, like, this is this is a pivotal time for Charlotte. And I think how you finish these last six games in Conference USA is going to either, you know, show momentum or the lack thereof going into the American. Because, I mean – UAB, UTSA, North Texas, Rice, FAU, and Charlotte. All all six of those teams, the past 18 games, Charlotte has the worst record. And that's, mm. that's not where you want to be making the jump. And so I think whether whether you call it the hot seat or not, I think there's a lot of pressure there, and I think there's a lot of pressure on these last six games for sure. Well, so 
you, go, you, huh? no, you, you go ahead. Okay, so going into this game specifically, um, let's throw away all the let's throw away throw away the spread and just focus on the game for a second. What would it take, in your opinion, for Charlotte to come out of Birmingham and get the W? I think their defense is going to have to step up in the in the run defense department. I mean, UAB just rushed for over 300 yards on Middle Tennessee. They got was like a two or three headed monster, Dwayne McBride, Jermaine Brown. Yeah, both went for one 100 plus in the past game. It's uh, I think the run defense for sure is going to have to show up, and I think that they're going to have to score a lot of points. That's that's been Charlotte's best chance to win is to get off get off to that hot start and maybe create a takeaway here or there. They had a stretch, uh, three straight games with takeaway. They're going to need to get that back going and really just play sound football on defense. And like I say, that's that's been few and far between, but they their defense has tightened up when it when it's mattered in games. Like in the UTEP game, for example, they were down 41 to 21, were able to rally and defense forced a late three and out to get the offense, you know, the chance to win the game with a minute and 30 to play. Like obviously they didn't get the win, but it like it's come through when it's mattered and they're really going to need that going in, as I said, like 23 point dog in this one. Well, Hunter, can, can you talk just a little bit about, what Chris Reynolds has meant to this Charlotte program. I mean, from, from an outsider, I feel like that dude's been there like 20 years now. <laughs> He's been there a <laughs> long time. What, what, you know, he, he has some records, but what, what exactly has he meant to this program? I'm on record of saying they need to build a statue for the guy. He's, uh, <laughs> he's been, I mean, at least in my opinion, like the heart and soul of the team. And it's, it's funny. Uh, so he missed, Georgia State game, and he missed the Maryland game. Or he missed William and Mary in Maryland and came back for Georgia State. Right. And after the game, we were talking to some of the players, and Derek Boykins, the linebacker, was just talking about how much Reynolds meant, saying, like, the whole team feels better knowing he's in the game. And, I mean, that's every unit. And that's that's wild to me because, I mean – you reinsert a six-year senior in the starting lineup and everyone feels better. It makes makes a ton of sense right? for what Chris Reynolds has done. I mean, that's I think he's got six game-winning drives in his career, and he's just – he is that consistency. He knows how to calm people down. He doesn't get rattled by the moment, and he's he's Mr. Consistent. He's he's exactly what you would want in a, in a quarterback and a team captain, so – He's he's definitely meant a ton to this program, and I think he's he's keeping them afloat. I mean, I think they're winless. Does he not just go into God mode against uh, Georgia State there a few weeks ago? So definitely, definitely gonna enjoy watching him play in a Charlotte uniform these these next six games. Yeah, and also you guys um, have three good receivers out there. Um, I want you to speak to, you know, what they're good at, you know, um, in, in their own, in the vacuum and in what they do um, specifically. And I also wanted to know what was your thoughts on you guys' offensive line. So the receivers first and then um, your thoughts on the offensive line second. Yeah. So I'll start with Victor Tucker. Uh, he's the 
<clears throat> the fifth year senior, six year senior, he's been there about as long as Chris Reynolds has. And Victor is very technical. He's a great route runner. You can get him involved in the screen game. He can make plays after the catch. Uh, but my favorite thing about his game is how technical he is and how he just understands exactly where he needs to be on the field. If it's third and 12, he's 13 yards down the field. He's sitting right there at the marker. He's going to move the chains. That's kind of – that's his game, and he's reliable in the clutch. Uh, moving to Elijah Spencer. Elijah Spencer actually leads his team in yards this year with over 500 and is on pace to be the first 49ers receiver to go over 1,000 yards in the FBS, which would be a really cool feat for him, especially considering uh, in the Big Three article I wrote uh, talking to them this offseason, he said he was Chris Bosh. So he's definitely not playing like Chris <laughs> Bosh. But no, no slight to Chris Bosh. But, yeah, Elijah Spencer's uh, yards after the catch, he is elite in that department, and he has been huge for Charlotte, emerging as a true sophomore. And then Grant DuBose, I think I think Grant DuBose, he's got NFL written all over him. He's one of those guys that turns a 50-50 ball into an 80-20, and you just got to just throw it up to him. He'll go get it. Uh, he's got the speed to beat you deep. He's got the physicality to go over the middle, take those hits. And he's, like I say, they, I mean, he's caught seven touchdowns, which a funny stat is he has as many touchdowns as Iowa's offense does this season. So that's kind, of, <laughs> kind of funny, but the, uh, the wideout, the wideouts are definitely the best unit on this team. Yeah, Grant DuBose, I mean, that's the guy that really popped off for me looking at the film. You know, 6'3", 200, and he's from Alabama, too. That, that You know, studying up for this game, I didn't realize he was from Montgomery, Alabama, so I'm sure he'll have a contingent of, you know, family and friends at the game Saturday, and you know he's going to want to perform. But what I love about watching Grant, it's just exactly what you just said, Hunter. He can turn, you know, a 50-50 into an 80-yard touchdown pass uh, or reception. Like, he is so elusive in the open field and like he just makes guys miss like I just I don't know I enjoy watching him play I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna hope that I enjoy watching him you know play this Saturday and where he doesn't do a whole lot but definitely <laughs> Dubose is the guy that definitely pops off on the film for this Charlotte offense and um, I, I guess kind of I want to piggyback on what Darian was asking uh, kind of about the offensive line Hunter like is, is this O-line just this bad because you can tell you know, when Reynolds is out there, like, he, he just seems to get beat up every game that he goes out there. Like, is the offensive line just that bad? Or are they, are they inexperienced? Or is it injuries? Or, or or what? I think I think the offensive line is – it's definitely solid. They have some of the pieces back from last year. And Ashton Gist, uh, Panda Askew at left guard. T.J. Moore is back. He plays tackle. Um, but he's had a had a real struggle this year, and we've seen some of Matt Rosso, a Rutgers transfer, kind of take over that role at tackle. I think it's I think it's just more of some inconsistencies, really. Uh, and Reynolds Reynolds does take a lot of hits. He's a uh, sometimes he'll hold on to the ball for too long. That's that is one knock on his game. But I would say really their main issue is the run game. Like, pass protection is decent enough. They give Chris the time to stand back there and throw the ball, but they just really haven't had any run game at all this year. And I think that that's part of the, tr the struggles because, I mean, back 
I mentioned 2019 earlier, they had Benny LeMay running back to turn around and hand the ball to 20 to 25 times a game. And you knew like, all right, this guy, if he gets 20 touches, he's probably going over a hundred yards. And now they haven't had a hundred yard rusher since middle Tennessee last year when Calvin camp ran for 101 yards and they just, they haven't really had any explosiveness in the run game and they need, they need that. Like we saw Shadrick bird get his season high of 80 yards last week. And you want, mm. you want more of that, but they got to continue to, I guess, commit to the run game. But it's kind of kind of a two-double-sided coin because I, I think the offense's best attack is spread the field, let Chris Reynolds cook, find a big three, and then get the running backs involved in the screen game. That's been Charlotte's biggest success. But at the same time, you can't just completely ignore the run, you know? Right. And I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, Hunter, because I, I, I was going to ask, like, why hasn't the run game gotten established? Because you look at Shadrick Bird. I mean, this is another guy from Alabama, from Alabaster, Alabama. I mean, but again, only 68 rushes for 278 yards and just one touchdown. Do you attribute the run game not getting established due to the style of offense that Will Hilly likes to, you know, as you just mentioned, spread it around and throw it with Reynolds? Or is it something else? It was kind of funny going into the going into the season during uh, media day. Uh, the offensive coordinator Mark Carney said he wanted this offense to be a ground and pound offense. And when and he said it, I was kind of I was admittedly shocked just knowing the the talent that they have at the wideout position. And it looked like in the FAU game they wanted to run the ball more, but then they would end up and okay, two yard run, second and eight. Then they're throwing second and eight. You don't complete that. It's third down. They ran into that quite a bit. It was like killing their drives, and I think that's kind of when they started shifting to okay, more of a more of a pass first offense. Let's just put the ball in Reynolds' hands and see what happens. But one other thing I think is worth mentioning that's a lot different is that Chris Reynolds is not running with the football anymore. He, I think back in 2019, rushed for 747 yards. And they had the, the option game going at a ridiculous rate, and he was just making people miss. And that was a whole new layer to the offense that they don't have right now. He hasn't hasn't pulled the ball down and ran much at all. And I think that's really kind of taken that element away, and that's also hurting the run, obviously, like the rushing stats without having those quarterback yards too. Well, I've just got one more question. Darian, do you have anything before I ask my last question? Yeah, I'm sorry about that, guys. My audio had cut out for a quick second, so I was a little absent for a little bit. But I wanted you to be able to speak because when I looked at film, and I and I really want your take on it because you've obviously seen all the games. Is when I looked at the games, I saw I saw a lack of physicality. Like when I when I watched UAB, you know, I think that's like our biggest. I think it can almost be a detriment to us because it causes us to be over aggressive and sometimes we get penalized. Um I saw a team that was more so finesse. Um I and but you watch all of the games. Um would you say that's accurate or is there something I'm missing here? I have not personally seen a game this year where I thought Charlotte was the more physical team. So I can agree with 
I can agree with what you're saying there. I think that they have some physical dudes out there. Like you watch Tank Robinson, the safety, Derek Boykins, linebacker. You watch Amir Sadiq, defensive end. Like they have some guys, but I just don't think it's the unit as a whole. And I, I think you guys asked earlier what Charlotte has to do to win this game. And that is a great point that I should have mentioned is they're going to have to be like, like 100% physical and they're going to have to really try and take it to UAB. And I, I think that's going to be the difference for sure. Cause I, if you're asking me, I think the Blazers are going to dominate the line of scrimmage and that's been a common theme this year for Charlotte. And you, they're going to need those big guys in the trenches to step up. But in terms of physicality, I think that, like I say, there's some dudes on this team that have that, but I don't, I wouldn't say the unit as a whole is like a physical, physical specimen. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I know I've said it in our preview. I just wanted a chance to like, I wanted to see your side of it because I thought it was very, uh, I thought it stood out. You know, I thought it was like, well, you know, you know, watching the YouTube game, you see them collide. The running backs collided with the linebackers and running backs a lot of times will keep going. You know, or you'll see the push off the, the line or you see the lack of run game or most of the time it was like a, a skilled player making a play versus a hole being mauled open. I was wondering if I was missing any kind of context in, in that because I didn't see it. I saw I saw, I saw great quarterback play. <laughs> that's, that's about it. And great receiver play. Yeah, they're, they're really explosive. Like I wouldn't be shocked to see them put up points. I just think that or the pressure, like I mentioned earlier, the pressure to do it every possession just really catches up. Yeah. Well, Hunter, last question. So I know the season isn't going, um, you know, how the Charlotte fans would want it to go. Um, but, you know, you still got basketball season. And I still think that this Charlotte football program can be something special. Now, whether that's still under Will Healy or, or somebody else, I don't know. But what do you gather from you know your you know your readers and also your listeners to your podcast uh, from Charlotte fans about the overall thoughts their overall thoughts on moving to the AAC next year? Like, are they still excited? Um, or what? What do you gather? Yeah, I definitely think there's more excitement and the exposure, like the added resources, the extra funding for the university, and then I think like the expansion of the football stadium, the evergreen master plan in terms of all of the additions to campus, whether it be basketball, women's basketball, softball, baseball, lacrosse, like there's <clears throat> expansions and more money flowing in to all 19 sports programs on campus. I think there is a lot of excitement there. I think football specifically, fans are nervous because I mean, you're seeing Cop Conference USA competition and it's it's a struggle. I mean, they're a 23 and a half point dog against a conference USA foe, you know? Right. So it's like, I don't know if you're super, super excited about that first year in the American, but I think what it means as a program, especially a program that's only 10 years old, I think there is a lot of a lot of hope uh, like on the horizon as far as that goes. But I think they're definitely looking for some like momentum, something to hang their hat on going into that conference because I mean next year Charlotte Charlotte has non-conference games at Maryland at Florida 
and then they'll have obviously the AAC schedule. And in my opinion, that's a little bit tougher than Conference USA, especially with the Conference USA teams moving over. Right. And so, I mean, that first year, I think, let me back up real quick. I think this offseason is huge. I think it's the biggest they've ever had. They have to recruit well. They have to figure out, is Healy back? Is there going to be another face? They have to figure out the quarterback situation. There's there's a ton of moving pieces this offseason. I think how, like I say, how these final games go leading into that is is also huge. You just, you don't want to go in your last year of Conference USA and struggle as severely as they are. And I think, I think there's some toss-up games left. Like they have FIU in two weeks. They have Louisiana Tech. They have Rice. They there's some games, some winnable games in that schedule. But you know, you guys know how Conference USA football is, man. Any given Saturday, wonky. Oh yeah. So how would you attack that recruiting process? Like, would that is that filling immediate needs with JUCO and Portal guys, or you know, just sticking to it and developing high school guys? I think you, if it were me, and this has me wishing I could like play the NCAA, the new video game that hasn't comes out next year. Yeah, yeah, we, were, we all can't wait for that. <laughs> oh yeah. If it were me, man, I would I would do like eighty percent high school guys because that's your foundation. Those are your three, four, sometimes five year guys, and then I would try and fill immediate holes with the portal because like Charlotte has gotten gotten greedy in the transfer portal and I think it's it's worked out for them on a lot of aspects but their their problem is is they have the guys for a year and then they're turning around trying to fill that hole again and who maybe that younger guy that could have gotten those reps a year before doesn't have as much exposure and then they're kind of back in that same situation and I think that also plays to the chemistry aspect of the defense when you have seven eight new starters on the defensive side of the ball you if a group doesn't mesh, you end up where you are now, where you're giving up, giving up all these points, all these yards. And I think especially, I think one, one thing that I want to highlight real quick too, is there was like a lot of uncertainty for Charlotte in terms of who is going to be the defensive coordinator of this group from November, 2021 to February of 2022. Mm. And I think that they missed out on some recruits from that. And I think that overall as a unit, just missing that three month gap leading up into spring ball was huge. Cause I mean, you can still be working on your installs. I mean, NCAA granted the extra time uh, with the coaches and the players, I think it was like eight hours uh, this year. And so I think, I just think that they missed out on a lot of that time and you're kind of seeing the results of it. Here we are now in October of 22. So it's, it's, it's been a tough go of it, at least this season for sure. Definitely. Well, Hunter, thank, thanks again, man, for just coming on uh, this Monday evening to talk some Charlotte 49er football with us. And again, guys, if you are not following Hunter on Twitter, give him a follow at Hunter underscore Bailey 45 and check out his work for the Charlotte Observer. Um, but thanks again, Hunter. Uh, Darian, do you want to lead us out, buddy? Blazer Nation, let's ride. <laughs>